Amen. Well, tonight is a very special night. Tonight you get to hear four ministers speak. Sister Debbie asked us earlier, said, now, is this going to be a watch night service? (laughs) Sister Katie's mother, I looked across the table and said, are you kidding? (laughs) Sorry, but no. If that's what you came expecting, (laughs) no. Each, Each of the ministers are planning on taking about 15 minutes, Lord willing. If he's willing for more, we'll just give him our way. Amen. But for our, for our musicians and any of the audience, of course, but uh, if you could just stay stay close to the musical equipment, if you would have to use the restroom, go ahead and uh, use it. But we are going to continue to go to each minister tonight. So I'm going to go first tonight, and Amen. you just pray with me tonight. Yeah. Amen. And before we go to the scriptures, I would ask Brother Randy Hinkle if he would just thank God for the offering and just thank God for the reading of the word tonight. Amen. You can be seated at this moment. I'm going to go to my scriptures and then continue on from there. But what a wonderful time in the Lord we've already had this evening. We can say that we've truly have church already. But now we're getting to the good part. Over this, over the past year in 2019. We've seen many things happen at this church. I'm not talking about the other churches and message, but I'm talking about this church. At this church, I can see revival has set in. But we don't want that revival to stay right here, where we're at in 2019. But we want it to roll over into 2020. And we want it to continue to build and build and build. Amen. We've had people to, to sing that has never sang before. We have people that's, that stood up and clapped their hands that has never stood up and clapped their hands before. Amen. You know, when, I, when we was little growing up in the church, I, you know, there was nothing to have a shouting service, but to, to stand up and clout and clap and shout the reading of the words, you know, it's just, it's just great. It does my heart great joy. Oh, yeah. and, and I remember my son Titus, and as he was one of the, the first ones... I did not teach him to do this at home, period. So don't think that I told Titus, Titus, you, you need to stand up in church, you need to clap your hands, you need to praise the Lord. No, that is not the way. He got that from examples. Amen. And these, these examples have set examples throughout the years. Amen. And it's beginning to overflow out from the teacups onto the saucers. And we're beginning to sip from the saucers. Amen. So tonight I want to read from Isaiah 61, 
And then I want to be going over to Luke 4. So we're going to be reading Isaiah 61 and verse 1. Just say amen when you have it tonight. We know Isaiah is one of the greater prophets that wrote, had many writings in the Bible and proclaims of the the Christ Jesus as his, his advent would come. In Isaiah 61 it says, And the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for their mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. That is why we're here tonight. We're here to give God the glory in every single way. This is not to give man praise at all. This is only for God. Amen. And I want to read in Luke 4. And this is where Jesus have, has been up on the mountain of temptation. And the devil has tempted him here. And he's coming down off the mountain into Galilee. And he came into Nazareth. Verse 16, 4, 16. says, and, it came, and he came into Nazareth where he had been brought up. And his custom was he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach the deliverance to the captives. I want you to put your name in each of these places where he is preaching to you. This is all for you. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance unto the captives, and to re and recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now this is what I like here. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister. And he sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. Can you just imagine what he has read that Isaiah had written years and years ago? Broken hearted. To preach deliverance. There's been many, many priests that's been in the synagogues. And here's Jesus sitting. And he then says, this day, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. They have waited for this moment all these years. And then they receive it. And he says, this day. Proclaim that. 
this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. If you haven't heard it, you're hearing it now. He has come to heal the brokenhearted. See, I was captive. I was bound. How many of you have been captive? You have been bound by the wages of sin that you held that was against you. But he has come. See, I have felt the spirit of heaviness. The spirit of Laodicea that creeps in. And it just feels like there's a gravitational pull that continues just to try to hold you back. But he has come to loose that. To give you praise. Garments of praise. So we can stand up in this church and we can thank God for everything that he has given us. We can sing praises unto the Lord. We can clap our hands and go, you devil, you are a liar again. And we have felt this day after day, night after night. And many times it might not even be for yourself. Maybe it's for your loved ones. Those ones that you know need to come in and you want to see them come in. And that heaviness is upon you. How many times have we heard it proclaimed over this past year, drive down those stakes. Drive them down. Let that spirit of heaviness be lifted. Amen. There's a song that says, two coats. I've got, I've had two coats. Maybe some of you have heard it. Jeremiah Yoakam sings it. It says, one was old and ugly, but the other one was new. I used to be a sinner. I used to have a coat that was raggedy and worn. But I took off this old coat and I put on the new. This first man was earthly and made from the ground. And we bore all his image the whole world around. I'm quoting the the song I ain't going to sing. I can't be like Andrew breaking the psalm in the middle of nowhere. But <laughs> The next was my savior from heaven so fair. He brought me this new coat. <laughs> you now see me wear. <laughs> so I'll tell you what I do. I took off this old coat and I put on the new. If you're wearing that old coat tonight, take that old coat of bondage off and put on the new. Because that's what we're here to do, is put on that new garment of praise. Amen. Amen. Brother Branham says it here in the Mark of the Beast. It says, notice every slave, when he heard that trumpet sound, I think how great that is. Today, Sister Heather was feeling led upon her heart to sing that song, Ain't No Grave. Got to dad's and he said, hey, had them sing that song, Ain't No Grave, tonight. And I knew what I was speaking. I said, okay, well, that can be done. And when he, he heard that trumpet sound, he could throw down his hoe or whatever he was working with and say, I am a free man. I couldn't redeem myself, but God, through his grace, has declared the year of Jubilee. Therefore, I believe God, and I don't have to work anymore. The laws of the land claimed him free. What a beautiful type of today. We were bound, but now we're free. Amen. We poor aliens could do nothing. 
We could keep every Sabbath, every new moon, quit eating meat. We could keep all kinds of days and done all kinds of things of religious sacrifices, that, and we are under a load. We are sold in sin. Our parents sold us in sin. In the Garden of Eden, we are laden under the bonds of sin as slave to the devil. We are born in sin, shaping iniquity, coming to the world speaking lies. There is nothing we could do to help ourselves cause our whole makeup, our whole nature, and everything we are is sin. Amen. 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 But when the jubilee time come, when we are free, that trumpet of the gospel is the good news. The gospel is the good news. The trumpet was the gospel then. The good news, you're no longer bound. You're no longer a slave. You're free. Amen? Have you heard that call? Have you heard that trumpet sound? Amen? One of these days, Lord Jesus is going to look over and say, Gabriel, step on out. Blow that trumpet. Amen? I can't wait for that. And there ain't no grave. My granddad would stand up here, grab his ear, and sing that song, ain't no grave gonna hold this body. There ain't one in Harrisonburg. There ain't one in Virginia. There ain't one in the United States that's gonna hold a member of the bride underneath the ground because when that trumpet sounds, we're all coming out of that ground. Amen? Amen. It's something that's drawing us, something that's on the inside of us that's saying, go forth. Keep pressing on. Many have fallen away. Don't look at any that's fallen away. You keep pressing on. You keep your eyes on the prize. Amen. What is it? It's, it was Christ's passion for you. Christ's passion for me. The crucifixion. Amen. As Brother Brandon says it here in the manifestation of the resurrection. And he says, and I can see that prophet. That prince of prophets. The king of prophets. The Lord Jesus Christ, as he came out of the gate, moving along, his face set towards Calvary. The burdens of the world laid upon his blessed shoulders. The Bible says there is no beauty that we should desire him. Perhaps a frail little fella, as he walked out of that gate, his head threw back, his eyes set towards heaven. As he marched towards the will of God. People making fun of him. We only just have a shadow of it today. But what was he looking at as he marched towards Calvary? At you. At me. I can just see it now. Brother Branham had that, that vision that he could just see it like a TV picture. We have the passion of Christ, the movie today. And as they've beaten him beyond recognition... Inside of those gates there. And men that were ordained of God to be there to rip flesh from his body. And he's carrying that cross as he walks through those gates. And his head set towards Calvary. That's my king. He was thinking of me. I had that promise. That he had me on his mind. Philippians 3 and 13 says, Brethren, I count not myself apprehended, but this one thing I do, 
forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. As I've said it before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's my promise. That's each and every one of our promises. In John 14, 1, it says, let not your heart be troubled. That's the promise. You've heard it quoted many times at funerals when there's been members laying right here. But this is to each and every one of us that has that promise. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. Now he's telling his disciples this. He says, I'm coming back for you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Oh, how beautiful that is tonight. That we have that promise that where he is, we're going to be there. His head set towards Calvary. Me on his mind. You on his mind. He knew each and every one of us would be here at the foundation of the world, sitting right where we are tonight. And we're predestinated to live in this age, this hour, to overcome each and every demon that would come against us. And we're going to stand and we're going to fight together as a bride believers in this last day. And when we get there, they're going to come to the gates and they're going to go. They come through Laodicea. Those folks. Onward. Christian soldiers marching as to war. Aren't you glad of that promise tonight? Amen. Let's stand. Let's just sing that song. Those were my nails. How I is your love that you would stretch your arms and go around the world and why for me the Savior's cry be heard I don't know why you went where I was made to go? I don't know why you love me so. Those were my nails, that was my crown, that pierced your hands. Your brow, those were my thorns, those were my scorns, those were my tears that fell down, and just as you said it would be, you did it all for me.
Spirit is going to come and speak to us now. God bless you. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord. God bless each and every one of you. Appreciate that, Brother Matthew. Wonderful word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. While you're standing, if you'll just turn with me to Numbers chapter 6. We'll read briefly and let you be seated. With the help of the Lord, I'd like to speak to you for a few moments on your Nazarite vow. Numbers chapter 6, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying... Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of a Nazarite, to separate themselves unto the Lord, he shall separate himself from wine and strong drink, and shall drink no vinegar of wine or vinegar of strong drink. Neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes, nor eat moist grapes or dried. All the days of his separation shall he eat nothing that is made of the tree vine, from the kernels even to the husk. All the days of the vow of his separation, there shall no razor come upon his head until the days be fulfilled, in the which he separateth himself unto the Lord. He shall be holy and shall let the locks of his hair, of his head, grow. All the days that he separateth himself unto the Lord, he shall come at no dead body. He shall not make himself unclean for his father or for his mother, or for his brother, or for his sister, when they die. Because the consecration of his God is upon his head. All the days of his separation is holy unto the Lord. Amen. God bless you as you're seated. A Nazarite, as we just read, is someone that is separated. A very special group of people, a very select special person that is separated only unto the Lord. It does not matter what anyone else in the Old Testament, whenever someone had set themselves to be a Nazarite unto the Lord, they were to let their hair grow, which is why our sisters don't cut their hair. Amen. It is to express of a Nazarite vow within. Now that was in the natural, but now the bride of Jesus Christ are spiritual Nazarites. And when there's outward expressions of an inward work. Now Jesus was a Nazarite from his very birth. In John 17, 19, he says, And for thy, their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified through the truth. The prophet teaches us that God's word calls for a total separation from unbelief. Not partially, not just the part that you like, but a total separation from unbelief. And that makes you a Nazarite unto the Lord. Remember the story the prophet tells whenever that great musician plays and at the end, everyone is clapping and thinks he did such a good job. He was only looking up in the balcony to see if his master approved. And that's all we're to do. We're not to look at one another and get approval by flesh and blood. But we're to look to God because we are a Nazarite unto the Lord. We are, we are set aside and called for a purpose. Now, I want to deal with a few moments with Samson. Because we know that Samson had a supernatural birth. His parents, his mother was barren and she was visited by an angel from the Lord and said that you were going to have a son because it was during the day of the judges and they were under the burden of the Philistines. And they were, they, they were under their thumb and they would come and they'd take their crops and things. And in the book of Judges is where you find that, that verse there about Shamgar. Right. He was under the thumb of the Philistines. Right. Right. So God raised Samson up 
to destroy the Philistines. And he was a Nazarite from his birth. A person filled with the Holy Ghost is a Nazarite from your born again Holy Ghost birth that separates you from the things of the world and that sets you aside for God's service. And that makes you a Nazarite unto the Lord. Now, Samson's channel, Samson's secret to his great strength was in his hair. He had them seven locks of hair that were never to be touched. No matter what happened, no matter how much his friends might have made fun of his long hair, no matter what he might have thought when he looked in the mirror, that was his direct connection to God, was his hair. That is what made him a Nazarite. And as long as, as, as he had them seven locks, God Almighty was obligated to Samson because that was his promise to Samson. And the Spirit of the Lord would come and it would channel himself. That was God's covenant to Samson. No matter what came across Samson's path, no matter what Samson faced, he could feel them seven locks. That was a promise that he had from God. Despite the circumstances, despite how many Philistines came against him, he could reach back there and feel them seven locks. No matter what comes against you, saints of God, no matter what you face in life, you can reach back there and you can feel the Holy Ghost. You can feel that token that he promised he'd never leave you or forsake you. That was his secret to his strength. That was his defense. And you know he was charged to never give up that secret. He was charged with, 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 with he was charged, he had a charge from God to never divulge that secret to absolutely anyone, to no stranger. So we find that, the, that, that our covenant, that our seven locks is the type of the Holy Ghost, is a type of this word, this message that we have. And we are not to budge from one single bit. We're not to divulge from one single bit. We're not to, to, to let the enemy get in. Because I can promise you something. Where the weak spot in the word is, in a person's life, is where Satan gets access. In a person's life, in a church, in a marriage, in a family, in a nation, in a church age, where they let down the bar, that's where Satan gets in. So God was obligated to this covenant as long as the seven locks of his hair remained uncut. Because whenever that lion rose up, he was in the line of duty. He was walking, he was going down, and the lion sprung up. And it was no kitten. And the Spirit of God came upon him, and the Bible said that he tore him like a kid, like a, like a baby goat. He just ripped him apart because he had them seven locks. Remember, Brother Branham said he wasn't some big bodybuilder. He was a short man. He was a small man in stature, and he was your average man, but yet the anointing of God would strike him, and he would have supernatural strength because he was anointed with the covenant. So one day the enemy... He was raised up to destroy, caught him isolated one day. Caught him with no defense. He was out by himself one day and an army of Philistines came up against him. And all he had was a jawbone of a mule, a fragile, an old, crusty jawbone of a mule, of a donkey laying there. But yet he could feel them locks. He could reach back there and feel them locks. And when he felt them locks, he grabbed that and the Spirit of God came on him and he killed a thousand Philistines by himself. A thousand Philistines. What does Psalm 91 say? Though a thousand or ten thousand rise up against me, they won't come near me. 
because you're anointed with the covenant because you're a Nazarite unto the Lord. You've got that seven, you've got that seven seal covenant. You've got that full word. You've got the Holy Ghost. And God is obligated to you. Do you know the prophet of God says in the church age book that you give God a reason for being to take care of you? The purpose of the husband, it gives him a purpose in life to take care of his family. Brother Branham said, Samson never walked up first and said, here, I'll tell you apart. But the spirit of the Lord come upon him. That's what it did. He felt back there and felt them seven locks hanging down. That was the covenant. And he wasn't scared of a lion. In the face of death, he wasn't scared of it. If Samson could feel seven locks and know it was a covenant because he was born a Nazarite, how much more ought a man that's born of the Holy Spirit feel the power of God and know it's the covenant to slay the enemy before you? Whether it's sickness, whether it's temptation, whatever it is, you can't stand it when the Spirit of God comes. God is obligated to you. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise up a standard against it. Now, Samson, he was a servant of the Lord. But you know, he surrendered his strength to God. But Samson had a weakness. He had a weakness of women, and Satan knew that. And he would not surrender his heart, and you see, that's exactly where Satan punched him. That's exactly where Satan got in. So the secret, Samson's secret was the word. That was his secret to his power, to his victories. When, he could, when they cornered him in and he went and got the actual gates of the city and went, up, went uphill with the whole gates of the city on him. I guarantee you he wasn't struggling. He wasn't huffing and puffing. He carried it like you'd carry an empty box. Now in, the, in, in Judges 16, if you'll make your way over there, this evening I would like to type Samson with the individual and Delilah being a type of Lady Alcea. Yeah. The world. And Judges 16, 15. And she saith unto him, How canst thou say I love thee when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death that he told her all his heart and said, to, and said unto her, There hath not a razor come upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me. And if I become weak and be like any other man, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees. And she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. We have to watch the spirit of Lady Alcea. Now, because it, it will gradually come in like Delilah just put Samson's head right on her lap and begin to hum to him his favorite song and begin to play with his hair and begin to put him to sleep in a gradual way and he had no idea. He thought that he could rise up and just shake himself. Amen. 
And Satan will try and tell you that you can go so far in sin and you'll be able to shake yourself. That you'll be able to get away with this. That you'll be able to get away with that. You can stop smoking at any time. You can stop looking at the wrong websites at any time. You've got this, but you don't. Because that spirit of Lady Asiya is, they say, like boiling a frog. I never boiled a frog. But they say you turn it up ever so gradually and that frog has no idea what's happening. And that's what Satan likes to do. He likes to, to, to isolate somebody and to slowly, slowly that spirit of Lady Asiya comes. And if you don't rise up and shake yourself, you're going to find yourself asleep on Delilah's knees. Brother Ram said, notice now what Delilah did to Samson when she kept wooing him. Oh, you're a great man. Oh, you're powerful. And that's what Satan would tell you. Oh, you're such a Christian. You can never fall. You're such a Christian. You can go to, to the bar. You're such a Christian. You don't have to turn your head because you have this, that, or the other. He will try and woo you. Brother Branham said a Holy Ghost-filled man will turn his head. A Holy Ghost-filled woman will turn her head. A Holy Ghost-filled person will, will, the Holy Ghost guides your feet, guides your mind, guides your tongue, guides your hand. And so Delilah was wooing him. I'm trying to bring this down to a close. Oh, you're a great man. You are powerful. But don't deceive me. Tell me where in you lieth your strength. And she loved him. And she made love to him until finally he gave in. And what did they do? The first thing she did, she had his secret taken from him. When you leave the word, you've left God. When Samson gave up his secret to Delilah, he left God. God was obligated to his covenant for as long as Samson stayed in. But he divulged his secret. Now let's look at verse 20. And she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as the other times before and shake myself. And wist not that the, that the Lord had departed from him. But the Philistines took him. Now watch what happened. And put out his eyes. He couldn't see no more. So when Satan gets someone isolated and gets them in a Laodicean condition, because we're surrounded by Laodicea, but we're not in a Laodicean condition. If, a per if you're in a Laodicean condition, you need God. Because the Laodicean condition is lukewarm, blind, naked, miserable, and don't know it. So Samson was in a Laodicean condition. He had his eyes put out. What was Jesus saying? Come to me and get eyes sad that you can see. And we see that Brother Bram typed Samson with the Pentecostals. They were, they came out. And every single, every single group, do you, do you understand that the Lutherans were really the, a message believer of their day? The people that came out under John Wesley were message believers, but they, they denominated whenever the Lutherans, whenever they denominated, when God moved with Wesley, they refused to move. And that killed them right there. And so as the ages unfolded, the Pentecost was the, was, was the light of the day. God was restoring the gift. He was preparing to send a prophet. But when the prophet came, they refused. And they denominated. Remember, Brother Ram said that was a secret thing that was wrong. And all the church ages, and they got their eyes put out. And they became a spectacle for the world. Now they're powerless. They're powerless. But let's read Judges 16.22. How be it the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. There was hope in Samson's restoration. That wasn't the end. 
Brother Branham said, but there is a new generation coming on now. Samson's hair has grown out. So even though the Pentecostals compromised on the word and denominated and got their, their lock shaven, Samson's hair is regrowing. And that is the bride of Jesus Christ in a restored way. And when God seen his promise, he seen Samson's hair grow again. That was God's promise to Samson. That's right. And when God seen Samson with his promise, God was obligated to Samson to put his arms around them big old pillars like that and pulled her right in. His strength had come to him again. What was his cry? Just once more, Lord. And if you're a Samson in this church tonight, cry out, Lord, just once more. If you failed, if you're sick, Lord, you've healed me once, just once more. Just once more, Lord. Because you know, whenever Samson finally surrendered his heart, he killed more Philistines in that moment than he did his entire life. When he finally got so surrendered and so broken, he said, Lord, let me die with the enemy. I don't care what it takes. If I've got to die with the enemy, let me die. But just once more, hear my prayer. I failed you. I'm being led by a child. I have no eyes. They're making fun of me. They say my God's not real. But just once more. This end time bride, I believe with all my heart, is getting more done than the other ages put together. God's technology as they, as they can stream their services and they can just send a quote through text and they can translate sermons and they can listen to the prophet online and do all these things. Amen. And other people of other ages have to walk and walk and walk and hand deliver Paul's letter and you can just send it, send it, send it. Amen. We'll close with this. Brother Bram says, come Lord Jesus, catch, your, catch away your church. And if it be your will, Lord, just before that church is raptured, may there rise power, O God. Fill these vessels. Raise them up, Lord. Shake this world once more. We know it will be past time. There will be no more repentance then. It will be too far for them then. But show your power, Lord. Fill those vessels and shake this world like it's never been shook before. Take your church then. And God promised a powerful shaking right before this little bride is taken off the earth. Just once more, Lord. Just once more. It doesn't matter how much you failed. It doesn't matter where you are. There's hope in restoration. Remember, Samson killed more of the enemy. God raised Samson to kill the Philistines. And then Philistines were making fun of him. And the enemy got victory over God's servant. Because of his humanity, he fell like the rest of them. But yet in his restoration, he killed more of the enemy. Because he finally surrendered his heart to God. God bless you this evening. Amen. Appreciate y'all so much. Amen. God bless you very much. I know, I know you're enjoying these things this evening.
these things are heavenly places. Amen. Who taught the sun where to stand in the morning? And who told the ocean you can only come this far and who showed the moon where to hide till evening whose word to load can catch a falling star yes I with us and we will see miracles this is the year for miracles and we're going to walk into those things and I just uh, 
just know these things are very pertinent to us. But this, 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 this scripture that we we'll read here in Isaiah chapter 53, 54, verse 16 and 17 is, is our pastor's favorite scripture. Um, you can probably hear it in every, every sermon that he's ever preached. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work and I have created the waster to destroy. No weapon. No weapon. That is formed against thee shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. Church, I'm speaking to you. Thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Mark chapter 11 and verse 20. These things are very, very familiar to us as, as believers of the message that these things were pondered over by the prophet of the Lord. Were these, were these scriptures in the atonement? In the atonement that Christ paid for us. And they are. And we have seen mighty miracles that have taken place by the reading of these scriptures. Today we are not fighting an enemy with just a, just a book. Today we are fighting an enemy with a living word. A living God. This is the literal word of God on printed pages. And you have the ability to take this word and put it upon your lips. Speak it from your heart. And watch the enemy crumble under your feet. And the Bible says here in Mark 11 and 20, and in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance saith unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. This, if this is anybody's scripture, this is your scripture. That what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. God bless his word. You may be seated this evening. I'll just go ahead and tell you, I'm going to take more than 15 minutes. I've got something to deliver to you this evening as a body, as a church, and the things I have to deliver, I know this, that God is with us and we will see miracles. So blessed be the name of the Lord. God is with us and we will see miracles. As a church, Full Gospel Lighthouse, we have seen
some of the most prolific miracles right here in our midst. We have seen the dead raised. We have seen life spoken to dead wombs. We have seen visions come to fulfillment in little bitty blonde-headed boys. We will see miracles this coming year. We have seen car wrecks that looked like all hope was gone. It looked like that there was no way that a man could survive a wreck like this, but God made a way. Church of the living God, we've seen miracles because that's what we are is the church of the living God. We have seen sarcoidosis that was staring down the queen of our church. We watched it be destroyed by the power of prayer and whose prayers was it that destroyed that? Your prayers. In a living God, because what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you shall receive them and you shall have them. And it was your prayers in a living God that cursed the life of sarcoidosis and sarcoidosis is defeated. It is defeated in the name of Jesus Christ. It was your prayers that prayed over a man by the name of Harold Shiflett and Harold Shiflett was completely delivered. We have seen miracles. We've seen prodigals come back to this church when it looked like they would not come back. Brother Lawrence, you came back in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have seen miracles. If anybody's going to see miracles, we the people of God are going to see miracles. We believe these things. At Brother Steve Thomas's funeral, as you all know, maybe I will speak some things that I have not spoke before, but because the enemy is challenged, I will speak these things. At Brother Steve Thomas's funeral, I, I ask I asked that day for a very special visitation, and that the angel of the Lord would hold me up while I preached behind this pulpit. At that time, I was a, a young buck, as you would say. But I had preached several funerals at that time. And before this, I had preached maybe, maybe 10, 15 funerals at that time, just kind of being thrown right into the fire. But Brother Steve Thomas, his passing, it gripped every single one of our hearts. And because I was so close with Brother Jeffrey and Brother Steve and the family, I needed a supernatural God. I needed a supernatural God to wrap his arms around me and to hold me up. That day especially, and I asked for that same supernatural God to visit that family. And that's exactly what happened. While I stood at this pulpit, maybe how long has this been now, Brother Jeffrey? Four or five years now. I stood at this pulpit and Sister Margie Shiflett, while I stood at this pulpit, she watched the pillar of fire hover over this pulpit. There were others, Brother Lloyd and herself, watched the pillar of fire hover over this pulpit while I preached to you. And as that pillar of fire began to hover over, hover over Brother Steve's casket and over the flowers, those flowers that had not yet bloomed, those flowers become opened up at the presence of the S-O-N. 
nature has to recognize that God is with us. And I'll say this to you tonight, in 2020, that same pillar of fire is here. That same pillar of fire is fighting our battles. That same pillar of fire is for us and he will not leave us. He will not forsake us, but he will take us until the end of the world. He will be right here to guide you, to comfort you, to strengthen you, to be your buckler, to be your shield. He is our God. We're not trusting in a weak God tonight. We're trusting in the almighty God, the God of creators, heaven and earth. The God that hangs the earth on nothing. That's the God that we're counting on. That's the God that's here. That's the God that will win this battle. We watched. We watched our pastor go through fight after fight, battle after battle. Our pastor fell off a 40-foot ladder as he was chimney sweeping in Christiansburg, Virginia. Fell off that ladder on the concrete right onto his back and broke every single vertebrae in his back. Doctor said that he'd never walk again. Called in my, my, my papa Spencer and my mother. Called her in, said he'd never walk again. That he'd be confined to a, he'd be confined to a wheelchair for the rest of his life. But the proof is in the pudding. Not only did he walk again, but he walked out of the hospital that night. Struck by lightning. Bit by a copperhead. Brother Homer said, here, take these two Benadryl. Swallow them while I pray for you. Laid his hands on him prayed for him and he said now go back to work <laughs> bit by a copperhead hit by lightning two strokes too many heart attacks and of course the fire and doctors told him because of the severity of his burn 17% of his body was burned 75% of his lungs were burned that he'd never preach again. But he has a knack for proving the doctor's wrong. At the camp meeting the following year, while Brother Biscoe was preaching, all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord said, this is your night. Stood up behind those pillars there, as many of you have sat there in those comfortable seats. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost decided to provide an oxygen bottle with a Holy Ghost oxygen into his lungs. When doctors said that he'd never preach again, and for the past 12 years, many demons have been defeated from a body that was told that he'd never walk again that he'd be confined to a wheelchair, that he couldn't live, that he shouldn't live. If he did make it, he won't make it very long, and that he'll never preach again. But night after night, weekend after weekend, convention after convention, he has proved the devil wrong. 
Brother Burnham said that people try to make faith complicated. But God don't make it complicated. It's us that make it complicated. We're going way out there trying to get something way out there and here it is right here by us. It's simple. If you've got faith enough to walk across that floor, you've got faith enough for anything that God promised. If you've got faith enough to rise up your hand, raise up your hand, you've got faith enough for anything else. It's simple faith. It's not something, something way super up there or super faith. It's simple faith. God honors that. Brother Alden shared something with me yesterday by the first lady, the wife of Franklin Roosevelt, Eleanor Roosevelt said, you gain strength courage and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You are able to say to yourself, I live through this horror. I can take the next thing that comes along. You gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You are able to say to yourself, I live through this horror. I can take the next thing that comes along. Church, we are believers, and believing is what we do. We have been through many battles together. We're going to go through many battles more together. So I'm going to ask you, like never before, to call on the Almighty God like never before. I'm going to ask you to believe like never before. I'm going to ask you to release your faith like never before. And I'm going to ask you something that may stagger you. If there's anything in your life that would hold your prayer back from reaching God, I want you to get it right. The only thing that stands between you and God is unconfessed sin. And if there's anything that's going to stand between you and your prayers to God, I want you to confess those things to God, get those things right, make it right, and have a conversation with God and get into full contact with Almighty God. Brother Branham said that prayer is the greatest weapon that is given to mankind. When you're praying, you're not speaking to some weak God. You're talking to a God that can change the course of humanity. You're talking to a God that can set the world on end by the power of one word. Get those things right in your life and watch prayer go to work. Hezekiah prayed one time. And when the prophet came in and gave him a death warrant, he prayed, turned his face to the wall and wept and asked God for 15 more years. He prayed and God turned back the clock of time and he gave him 15 more years. Hezekiah knew how to pray. Hezekiah prayed one time and there was no rain for three and a half years. Hezekiah prayed and hailstones came down and rained upon the Assyrians and killed 185,000 Syrians before the camp of Israel could get out of their bed. Prayer works. I'm asking you as a church to believe in a living God to do extreme things, to believe that Bible days are here again, to believe that the God of this Bible is right here with us. That the God that raised the dead, the God that brought dead life to dead wounds, the God that healed cancer, the God that did all of these events will do it again. Now, this is the part I want your attention. 
I want you to hold your children still. I don't want you to listen to me like you never listened to me before. Brother Ron had been having a few issues in his body. And so the day the day before Christmas Eve, Brother Ron went to the doctor. And the doctors looked over his body and they ordered a an emergency CT scan. They ordered another CT scan this this past week on Wednesday. And we got the doctor results yesterday. And the CT scans show that Brother Ron has nodules in his lungs. And that there is a lymph node under Brother Ron's left arm that is inflamed or enlarged. The doctors at this point do not know what they are. We don't know what they are. But we're not crossing bridges until they get to us. So Brother Ron will be seeing doctors this coming week to set a course of action in place. I'm asking you to believe like never before. We are serving a God that is the dissolver of doubts. You remember when the queen, the queen came to Belshazzar and she said, "There, I hear that there is a man in your, in your kingdom that has the ability to tell the secrets in the king's chambers. And that he is a dissolver of doubts. And I want to tell you as a church that God is the God that's going to dissolve these tumors in Brother Ron's lungs. Scans have been wrong before. Doctors seem to blame it on faulty equipment. And I'm not blaming, showing no blame to no doctor here, but I'm just telling you what God's able to do. Yeah, we've got the doctor's report. But who hath believed our report, Isaiah 53 says? To whom is the arm of the Lord? We have believed God's report when he was in a fire. We have believed God's report when he fell off of a 40-foot ladder. We have been commissioned to pray. We have been commissioned to believe. We have been commissioned to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Brother Branham said, never permit a negative thought to come in your mind. If you can help it when it starts, don't entertain it. Never let a negative thought pass through. Don't let it stop anyhow. If it starts, keep your thoughts positive. Jesus, don't, let, don't think sitting there in a wheelchair that you're hopeless or helpless. You're not. Don't let that negative thought ever pass through. Don't let it anchor. You can't help it from going through your mind. That's right. But don't let it stop. Don't think that kind of a negative thought. I'm, I'm just giving you several quotes here. Don't think that kind of a negative thought. Don't let it go through your mind. Make every word positive and every thought positive. Full Gospel Lighthouse, make every word positive and every thought positive. 
Brother Branham said, while I'm praying and speaking, I want every person in here to have this in your mind, that as soon as prayer begins to go for the sick, every one of you is going to get up and walk out of the building well. Don't have nothing else in your mind. Keep thinking that. If there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on these things. You cannot get anything from God with a negative thought. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So I'm commissioning you right now. If you have a negative thought, rethink it. If you want to talk negative, please call 1-800-I-NEED-HELP and tell them. If you have a negative thought, if you got a negative comment, don't speak it. If you got a negative comment, don't speak it. Do not speak it. Do not speak it. Are you following me? If you got a negative comment whatsoever, do not speak it to Brother Ron. Do not speak it to Sister Connie. Do not speak it to me. not a bunch of robots here we understand the human element we understand the emotion side what's going through what's going through your mind but I want you to know we are not going to let no negative thoughts stay in our mind we're not going to give the devil credit brother Branham told us that the devil's a password he told us that that he has no legal right he has no legal authority let no negative thought stay in your mind. Let no negative comment come forth from your mouth unless you want a rebuke from me because I will give it to you. I'm not pretending that this is some fairy tale, but I want everything that we do to be positive. I want it to be thus saith the Lord. If you got something to say, give him a scripture. You got something to say, give him a quote. We don't want your pity. Brother Ron don't want your pity. He don't want your sorrow. He wants your prayers. We are believers and we do not fear Satan's powers because they have been stripped from him. And we are disputing with a conquered enemy. Church, we're going to do like a four-year-old little girl told us to do. Last week, she walked around and I didn't know what she was doing, but she was ahead of me. She walked around saying, I refute the devil. 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 I deny the devil. We are here to prove the devil wrong. Full Gospel Lighthouse, we refute the devil in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. this time us as a church to come and to to unify our faith and pray for brother Ron 
as Brother Ron and the brothers would come and make their way to the podium and everybody else would surround them. While you're making your way, I, I want you to listen to the words that I'm speaking. Make your way this way quickly, calmly, collectively, and listen to these words. Brother Branham said, I want you to repeat this prayer. So as you're making your way this way, I want you to repeat this prayer. He says, you pray it, I'll repeat it. You pray it, I'll just transfer the words that it takes to defeat Satan right to your lips. Brother Ron, you're a general in the kingdom of God. And he has not just attacked you. He has attacked the bride of Jesus Christ. But more than this, this is an attack on God's kingdom. You're not alone. We're standing right here with you. We've been born for moments like this. I'll just transfer the words that it takes to defeat Satan right to your lips. And then you believe your confession. You believe your confession. Now you that's sick, repeat this with me. Almighty God, creator of heavens and earth, author of everlasting life, giver of all good gifts, I, your servant, confess my sins. And I believe that through the merits of thy son, Jesus, I am forgiven of my sins. I am sick in body. I need your help. Give me faith just now to believe your word and to believe these things which I have seen tonight that reproduces your life again as it was yesterday and so it is today. And now, Lord, Upon this confession, I accept my healing and I believe from this night henceforth, I shall be well. I commit myself to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Church, we are believers. We have used Brother Tim Pruitt's words many a times. We are believers and believing is what we do. The fervent prayer, the righteous man availeth much. When you pray, I don't want you to pray from a defeated heart. I want you to pray with victory in your soul. God is with us and we will see miracles. 2020 is the year of miracles and it starts right here. Heavenly Father, I come before you, the author and the finisher of our faith. There is none like you. There is none beside you. There's none before you. Father, you are God. The Bible says that you hang the earth on nothing. Surely you can take men that may think themselves good for nothing and make something out of them. 
We have seen your witnessing power of the Holy Ghost come time and time again. And we have seen you come and do mighty miracles amongst us. Father, this is a foul spirit of hell that has tried to torment your servant. Brother Ron is not just my dad. Brother Ron is a servant of the Most High God. And he has done the kingdom of hell much damage. And we stand here as a body of believers laying hand upon the sick. You commissioned us by the power of Jesus Christ to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Lord Jesus, these are not man's words. These are your words. Now, Father, we believe these words. And, Father, we're putting them into action. Lord, I pray, Father, as we pray the prayer of faith, Father, may the healing virtues of Jesus Christ that flowed down from Calvary begin to flow over Brother Ron's vessel just now. Tumors, you have to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. Fear, you have to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. You are a defeated foe. You have been stripped of all of your power. You can hold. You cannot hold God's promise. You cannot hold it bound. You can try to lock us up in fear, but we rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. We deny and we are here to prove you wrong. Father, this is a year of miracles. And I pray that the healing virtues of Christ would go to work just now. We as a body unite ourselves together. And you said where two or three are gathered in my name there, I will be in the midst of them. Lord Jesus, I call upon the God of heaven. May the mighty angel just now stretch forth his wings. May healing rise upon his soul just now. May the same angel of God that hovered over this pulpit five years ago and proclaimed that you were a God that was with Steve Thomas. May that same pillar of fire hover over this pulpit just now. Lord, I pray, God, that you are the one that stood there night after night, time after time, and you revealed the secrets of the heart. I pray, Father, Lord Jesus, that you go to work, and I pray that you dissolve these nodules in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that those demons that tried to interrupt God's plans would be defeated in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, this is your servant. And we ask you these things in the name of Jesus. We believe these things in the name of Jesus. And we're going to see these things in the name of Jesus. bless you as you head back to your seats this evening. Believe, believe that all things are possible only believe only believe
position that I am now I was not I was not I did not recognize who I was at that time but shortly after that I did but many criticized or did not understand may I say it that word maybe not criticized but didn't understand why we as a family we didn't give we didn't give voice to the enemy they didn't understand we were sending out reports that Brother Ron had a good night. Because I live every single day as if this day I've got another chance to live. Brother Ron had another chance to live while he was there on that ventilator. Brother Ron had another good day. They didn't understand where we were coming from because before Dad went through the fire, Dad had taught us as, as Christians that we believe no matter what we see with our natural eyes, we believe. Man, they didn't understand that. They didn't understand the circumstances that we were facing. So they had to come and see for themselves. And Brother Ron was in a, was in a precious state of life. Amen. We didn't, I didn't understand who I was. I did not come to my awakening as a son of God. But this is a different battle. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what I've been called for. And if I could believe from that point and from that perspective as a human being, what about now? Amen. Church, we are further up the road 13 years now than what we were 13 years ago. We have seen miracle upon top of miracle. This will be another testimony. It's at the darkest hours that Jesus steps in. This is not Gabriel that's coming. This is not Warren Ward that's coming. This is God that's coming. And Jesus has taken the case. Jesus has taken the case. You see, Satan has limited power what he can do. You see, he can't get to that soul realm. He cannot get to that soul realm. And you see, he's got limited power and got limited access in you that work in high positions, you have, you have passwords and you have codes to get into that position. And there are certain people that below you that have, they don't have access there. That is a restricted area that they cannot go to. And you see, Satan has access to the flesh because that's where he is, he is allowed to go. But he cannot go to that soul realm. But you see, God has unlimited power. 
God has the ability to cast Satan all the way out, all the way from the soul, from the spirit into the flesh. He can kick the devil completely out. God has unlimited power. I want you to know tonight that we are defeated. We are disputing with a defeated enemy. And nothing has hindered God at one moment. It has not hindered his plan. Not one thing, not one iota is out of place. The fall didn't hinder God. Lot didn't hinder God. The idol God Baal did not hinder God. Judas and his plans did not hinder God. Skeptics did not hinder God. Sickness did not hinder God. Cancer has not hindered God. Sugar diabetes has not, has not hindered God. TB did not hinder God. Sin ain't hindered God. Unbelief ain't hindered God. It may hinder you, but it will not defeat God. We as a family, we are a family. And Satan has messed with the wrong family. We are the family of the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, the miracle worker. That's a part of family I am in. The miracle worker, the promise keeper, the way maker, the champion of champions. We're his family. Never has he went into battle one time that he didn't come out packing a victory. He's marvelous in battle. He's got zero losses. He can't lose. That's my God and it's his family that the devil is messing with. Cancer can't stop him. Sister Karen Pruitt, brain bleeds couldn't stop him. Undeveloped hips couldn't stop him. Barren wombs couldn't stop him. Miscarriages couldn't stop him. Lungs that were destroyed couldn't stop him. Heart attacks couldn't stop him. Broken vertebrae couldn't stop him. Fires can't stop God. Bad accidents can't stop God. Cross eyes can't stop God. Blind eyes can't stop God. Fear can't stop God. There is power in the name of Jesus Christ to break every chain. And it's gonna take a stronger wind than this to keep me from my promise. Satan, you are defeated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to win this battle. We're not going to win it by emotions. We're not going to win it by working you up. We're going to win this battle by just exactly how Jesus won this battle. By the word. It is written. It is written. Isaiah 53. By his stripes, I am healed. The Bible said in Philippians 4 and 13 that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Paul understood his weakness and he understood the humanity part. And he said in 2 Corinthians 12 and 10, Therefore I take pleasures in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And Paul being conscious of this human element, Paul directed us to Ephesians 6 and 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I want you to take these scriptures personal. 
Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, stand. Paul recognized that he was not all-powerful. Paul recognized that he was, om- was not omniscient. He recognized that he was not omnipotent. But he recognized that the God that he was serving was. And that he could do all things through Christ who strengthens him. God ain't changing. He ain't moving. He ain't backing up on his promise. He is the all-powerful. God is with us and we will see miracles. I have preached to you the last 10 years. And I have been a student. I've been a student of this message. I have stayed when everybody else was playing basketball, when everybody else was out with their family enjoying dinners, I stayed in this word. I stayed in this message. I've listened to messages after messages after messages. I may not have listened to every single one of the 1,100 to 1,200 sermons that there are, but I can say that I've listened to some of them thousands of times. I have been a student of this message for moments like this. You have watched me battle time and time again from this pulpit. There's a whole line of fighters in my family history. I can point back to Abraham when he took 318 servants and he come back packing in the victory. I can point back to Elijah when he was dancing on the altar. I can point back to King David. I can point back to Homer Fraser. I can point back to Charlie Spencer and to Ron Spencer. Fighting's in my blood. Fighting's in my family history. Fighting's in your history. This is the heritage of the Lord. But I want to assure you, you ain't never seen me fight like I'm getting ready to fight. I'm getting ready to roll the sleeves up and I'm going to preach to you faith like never before. And I'm asking you to do the same thing. I'm asking you to meditate in this word. I'm asking you to confess what God has said. You see, you can mess with me and you can might get by with it. But you mess with my children. It's a different story. You can mess with me better off and maybe get by better off than you talk about my parents. You see, Satan has not just come against me, but he's come against my dad. He's come against my friend. He's come against, he's come against my pastor. He's come against your pastor. He's come against your friend. He's come against your confidant. And I want you to take this personal. And I want you to fight like never before. I want you to pray like never before. I want you to believe like never before. Meditate upon these things and you shall have good good success. Be of good courage. The Lord thy God is with thee. God's with us and we will see miracles. Satan, I want to declare to you. We will not back down. We will not back up. We will not give in. And we will not give up. War is open on hell. Satan, your kingdom is coming down. So I ask you like Moses asked the children of Israel, 
Who's on the Lord's side? Well, Gospel Lighthouse, who's on the Lord's side? He ain't never lost a battle. He's won every single battle. You're fighting with the Lord, the captain of hosts. And he's on my side, and I'm on his side. Before I, before I turn this over to Brother Ron so he can slap the devil around, I want to read to you something written by our pastor on December the 22nd. I have been sick before, and I made it. This was before we knew anything. I've been sick before, and I made it. I've been broke before, and I made it. I've been broken hearted before, but I made it. I cried all night, but I made it. I've been betrayed, but I made it. I've been lied on, but I made it. I've been destitute, but I made it. I've been rejected, but I made it. And he did send out a battle cry, charge. Full gospel lighthouse, now is not the time to back up. Go forward. some group and an awesome family.
Obviously, in the kingdom of God, God has counted us worthy to stand some test. Anything that can't be tested, it's not worth standing. I'd like to thank Andrew for the incredible job that he did to share some things with you that were difficult, that are many of them are new. I thought Brother Matthew did a phenomenal, I think that's the best Matthews did ever. Amen. Each and every one of you. William, that was absolutely wonderful. I'll not take long, but I'd like to read you a scripture. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 41. We've got some precious friends that are tuning in for for this this evening and so I just want to share a few things with them and and uh, we've got a lot of eyes that's watching <clears throat> and will be watching <clears throat> and the Philistine came on and drew near unto David and the man that bare the shield went before him and when the Philistine looked about and saw David he disdained him and for he was but a youth, ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou camest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give thy flesh to the fowls of the air and of the beasts of the field. And then said David to the Philistine, Thou camest unto me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies, of Israel whom thou hast defiled. This day will I deliver thee into mine hand and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee and I will give thee the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day under the fowls of the air and to the wild beast of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and all his assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and a spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. I've been sick before, but I made it. I've been broke before, but I made it. I've been broken hearted before, but I made it. I cried all night long, but I made it. I've been lied on, but I made it. I've been destitute, but I made it. I've been rejected, but I made it. I've got around me some incredible friends. You're known by the friends that you have. So I'd like to mention a few generals while I'm in the field. 
since Goliath has made a challenge, I'd like to remind him I'm not alone. You see, when he steps out and he's making his boast, and it's sometimes a pretty formidable boast, there's a reason why God allowed him to be measured and to be his size. Because he's no paper tiger. But I'd like to remind him, since he's made his boast, I'm not alone. <clears throat> when I was laying in the hospital and they were, I just came back to, to life and the doctor came in one day and he sat down beside him and he pulled a little chair up and he sat down beside him and he said, you know, he said, I, I work on patients all the time. He said, they're just patients and I care for them and take care of them. He said, but we know people by who comes and visits. And he says, you're a great man. Not because I think that way, because God thinks that way. And I'd like to remind him he's picked on somebody. And I'm not your average bear. And so he needs to know who he's picking on. I'd like to thank the doctors that have been working on me so far. I'd like to personally thank Sister Dolores from this pulpit. She is a warrior. <clears throat> the news that I got was not pleasant. It was quite difficult. I'm a human being. For the gathering of the news the other e yesterday evening, Brother Nathaniel and Sister Suzanne came, and my family all gathered. I knew something was happening when everybody was gathering yesterday evening and I, I knew I was about to get some difficult news. <clears throat> Did I weep? Yes, I wept. Was I disappointed? Yes, I was disappointed. Did it take my breath? Yes, it took my breath. But you just let me catch my breath for a moment. <clears throat> You see, the Lord has given me special insight in a lot of things in life. And one of the first inklings that I knew that I had a storm coming, that one of my buddies, brother Kelly Hildebrandt, had a very difficult time coming to deliver a message. And it may not have sent a signal to you, but it sent a signal to me that there's a storm coming. <clears throat> three days he was in airports trying to get here. Three days he, he struggled and he prayed and his brother showed up on another aircraft with no trouble whatsoever, not even a minute late. But the man with the message fought with great agony to get here, but he had a message. I had prayed that week and, and God had spoke to me a message and that message was, don't worry. Amen. And I preached that message with all my heart, delivered it to you as an audience and I've got just incredible response from it, from different places, people being healed, 
<clears throat> and I spoke to you on don't worry. Then God began to drop sermons in my heart that one would be courage. I knew that I was to go to Brother Biskell's and Brother Tom Ray's to speak. And uh, as Brother Kelly comes and delivers his heart, then Brother Danny Steeman comes. And as he preaches, and I'm sitting there, and he's delivering the word of God. These men are generals. I consider men like Tim Pruitt, Donnie Reagan, Kelly Hildebrandt, now I'm naming the generals in the field. Joe Green, I consider these men Jason Jackson that's named after the warrior that came from this valley. And I don't want to offend nobody, but the multitude of men that I stand with. I got to fellowship with Brother Biscoe and Brother Tom Ray the other day and I thought of how what a blessing that God has allowed me to do. <clears throat> when I went to Dr. Buckwater the other day and, and I just, we just had a very frank conversation and he's a real man, he's a real Christian. And the examination went the way that it did. He expedited the process and I'd like to thank you for all the emergency signals and things that have led us to this point. And we've got the news that we have. But what will we do with the news? I'd like to just remind and just recycle just for a moment. He gave us sermons. Don't worry. He gave us sermons to take it back. He gave us a sermon to go wash Naaman. <clears throat> And we are overcomers. As I shared with you as Christmas would come and, and you see I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a different sort of person. There's certain things that I kind of take real sensitive to myself. I, I, I attach myself to certain things and, and there's a man that's named Abraham Hunter that would paint a picture that would hang over my over my in the big room that Brother Terry built. And it's called Shalom, which is peace. The lion with the lamb. Dedicated my home to that. That's where my home is. I, I said this last week. We have a table that seats, I think, 18 people, 16 on a normal basis. It can stretch to 18 and above. And we had a Christmas party the other day, and we stretched that as far. I think we had about 40 there of our family that was there, enjoyed it. I put on a bow tie and an apron and enjoyed the whole day. But we've never had an argument there. Nobody's ever got up from the table and ran out of the room because there was feuds and anybody can stand at that tonight and say it's wrong. But nobody's ever left my table mad and upset. Satan's not welcome in our house. And I want to remind him, these lungs were given to me 12 years ago by the creation of the word of God. So Satan has moved in into God's creation. And I want to stand and you say, well, Brother Ron, should you have a pity party? I want no pity. 
If this is the battle that I must fight, then let us fight. When I looked at the picture of Jesus coming through the storm, and it has dropped into my hands, I'm an individual that I went after that picture, and I couldn't get it. And I don't lose very often. I stay after it. Some of you that's been in auctions, you realize I, when I go after a piece, I go after a piece. Some of you that's been in war know that when I'm after it, I'm after it. When I go to prayer, I believe in a God that hears and answers prayer. But that does not make us immune because we live in an, an atom body. And this atom body is cursed with a curse. But listen, Brother Branham makes a statement. He said, death will come to your door and you can walk into it prematurely or, and I choose the or tonight. My God's bigger than this problem. He's bigger than whatever they label it. I will attempt every appointment that the doctors have for me to attend. Some of the tests has already been a little bit rigorous for my body. And God's given me deliverance even tonight to be able to stand here with you. <clears throat> I have an appointment Monday morning with Dr. Buckwater again and the team. I have an appointment with the specialist on Friday at UVA in the pulmonary clinic. Some of you that have tried to get, Seth, you've been trying to get appointments for a long time. You could testify that it's a miracle that I get an appointment this quickly with the specialist. And there'll be scans coming and a lot of different things that'll happen. But regardless of what you hear, and regardless of what Goliath's name is, I want you to be with me now. Regardless of what the name of Goliath is, we're gonna win. I shared this last week with you or two weeks with you and then I shared it with Brother Biscoe's group. Be still and know that I am God. I'm bigger than your problem. I'm bigger than your circumstance. I'm bigger than your situation. This is not your battle. You don't have to handle this. This is God's battle. God will work it out. All you have to do is be still and know that I am God. Pieces have been set around me. 
And I'd like to thank God for the team that is sitting around us tonight. The team of musicians that come to their place and play skillfully and they play with an atmosphere of a Holy Ghost atmosphere to prepare us to go to worship. Thank you for a group of people that comes in attentively and, and you're, you're here and unless unforeseen circumstances, you come, you come ready. Almost every service is like a camp meeting service here. Almost convention-like atmosphere as preachers we know. That's because you're a trained group. You're ready. You're ready for the word of God. And it's more than about coming for emotion, though we love emotion. We love, we, we love emotion. We love to worship the Lord. We love to feel his power come down. But it's the word of God that will defeat the devil anywhere, any place, any time, under any conviction. So Brother Adam says this, he says, if you're a Christian believer, you're a son of God, a daughter of God, what are you scared about? There's no need of being scared. As long as the devil can keep you scared, that's all he wants to do. If, he's, if he does, he's got you then. Spiritual amnesia is not knowing who you are. But knowing who you are produces faith. Jesus had perfect faith because he knew who he was in the word. Perfect love cast out all fear and love and faith is the same thing. You see, love, perfect love cast out all fear which gives faith. <clears throat> so Goliath wants to march into our field. We can already see that we've heard the sermon, don't worry. And I, I went with already one report telling me that I had a problem, but I still went to Cloverdale and preached courage. Are you with me? Knowing that I had one tumor in my left lung, that's all I knew at that time. But I still stood there in the face of Goliath because the fellow that I was preaching for had interviewed Brother Charlie Mitchell at WWDJ, uh, WDBJ, say that 16 times fast, that's pretty difficult. And they had been having interviews for politicians because it was election season and it would take them hours to do a little second, even a commercial. and. Brother Charlie Mitchell and Brother Ed Buskell sat down and they interviewed them for 30 minutes and never had to take a break, never had to stop them. And the producer said, what's the difference? Brother Buskell said, we're telling the truth. Hey. And I stepped to that pulpit in, in Cloverdale and spoke courage and spoke it with all my heart. And then on Sunday morning, I walked back to that pulpit, and that was the day that Cloverdale would get a bath. I preached on Naaman, and people living double lives. And I would say hundreds walked to that altar 
And while I preached, I watched the pillar of fire go up and down over top of Joel Ray. Are you with me now? And then that night I would preach, take it back. And God gave me more energy and more strength under the circumstances. He's my God today. You see, just as much as there was a picture that was given to me, Brother Tom Hill, probably 99% of this congregation didn't know. So Brother Tom Hill walks in the back, the back door. I gotta take my coat off to really use this well. And I'm done, to be honest with you. And he hands me a sling. Of all the nights in the world for him to hand me a sling so I could have it. God's telling me. Do you see what God's telling me? Confidence. Now let me just say, God ain't done all this for a midget enemy. He ain't done all this for a midget enemy. So prepare. You might as well prepare. Be honest about this. Face the facts. He's a big enemy. But we got a big God. And Brother John, God's taught telling me, I got this. I got this. <laughs> Hallelujah. And Brother Tim Pruitt, when he came here in September, gave me five stones. presence a little bit while I'm walking through the valley to pick up some rocks but when you see me again I'm going to be swinging this
Hallelujah. Shannon, when he came down that grave, I walk a duke. I don't know what it was like, but I imagined millions of angels as that stone rolled away and he set up. Hallelujah. Hollywood can't do it justice, but when he set up, all of hell shook. Tom, you brought an appropriate gift. Brother Tom, if you look in your life, all your life, and the devil's ward in your mind, I want you to tell the devil tonight, stupid devil. God used me to get him ready for the battle. So Sister Dolores, we've had some difficult moments already and we probably got some difficult moments in our future. You know that. You're honest. You know that. But we're going to make it. I walked a girl with cerebral palsy to the altar the other night. Walked her up and set up on the platform. Her name is Ella. And the circumstances look incredibly difficult. But she walked up there and she stood. <laughs> and I believe with all my heart, she'll walk perfectly. to you there's no quit in us I have preached to you that there's no fear in us and I'd like to approach this with this and I sent this to my family yesterday zero fear zero fear so it doesn't matter how big cubits that the giant is he's coming down He's coming down. Don't you love him? Isn't he good to us? Amen. I'll try to preach to you tomorrow evening. Amen. 
Amen. I want to thank Brother Andrew and Brother Matthew, Brother William. I want to thank Brother Andrew. I told him we don't know what goes coming forward, but he's ready. And, and he'll preach to us, and we'll believe. And that's what we do. That's what believers do. Isn't it good? Thank you for your, for your love to us tonight. Amen. What do I tell Brother Ron? What do I tell people when they ask? You tell him he's healed. You tell him he's healed.
Maybe you need healing. Maybe you'd just like to really consecrate your life to the Lord in the coming, this coming year. Won't you just at this moment right now, take a moment right there where you're at and have a conversation.
you've commissioned us for this, this job Father may Satan's head come off may there be a victory through the streets victory through this church hallelujah I'm not interested in my name being called but Father I'm glad to be in your service Lord God Word be performed in our lives. Bless this audience now. We don't walk out of here in defeat. We walk out of here in victory. Hallelujah. Let's just sing it. First of all, let's sing it without music. On the wings of a storm.